Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Have you ever thought, gosh, I'd love to start my own radio or podcast, but I have no idea how to do it? Or are you a seasoned veteran who wants to level up and improve all aspects of your show? Well, I will be working with a select few to help you either start or polish your show. These are a few topics I will teach you. How to create your brand and how to be specific with your niche and your audience. The types of equipment you should use to help you improve the quality of your audio and your video. I'll teach you how to get your show aired on most podcasting platforms, as well as give you an option to create a video podcast. I'll teach you which recording platforms are best for your needs, as well as teach you the importance of having a show clock. The do's and don'ts of writing your own show notes that will help increase the reach of your audience and generate traffic to your website. I'll also introduce you to some of my contacts and previous guests. I'll also be offering a select few the opportunity to broadcast your show on my platform and have access to my three and a half million listeners. So if you're ready to start or level up your show, then visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James and sign up today. It's time, my friend, for you to stand out and share your message with the world. Once again, visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James to get started today. In 2001, Scott Sunderland found himself going from a 35-year-old athletic father, husband, and business owner to lying in a hospital bed unable to move. Using visualization techniques, over the course of a year, Scott was able to heal himself. However, old limiting beliefs, past traumas, and disempowering mental habits came back to haunt him when, in 2012, he watched his best friend drown in front of his eyes. In today's episode, Scott and I talk about his book, Finding Ugly, Transform Your Worst Moment into Your Greatest Gift, that teaches you how to find freedom from your limiting beliefs to live a life of passion and purpose. Welcome to Lifeology. Thanks for having me, James. Really appreciate it. I am really looking forward to this. When I was reading all your information, my heart went out to you as I heard of all the things that happened to you. But as you teach, our greatest traumas can be our greatest gift. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it's the reason why I get to live the life I live now, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's so great because you can reframe these types of situations like that. What happened that you found yourself ill and in a hospital bed for that long? Well, I, um, I, I'm a contractor by trade, my business, and I was, you know, completely stressed out, business owner, afraid people weren't going to pay me. I was working nonstop and I just kept having this thought. I just want to, I was actually on the road working. I build retail stores Mm -hmm. and I was, uh, every day I would just think, I just want to go home and I want all this to go away. I just want to go home and lay in bed. And, um, literally four months later, I was laying in that hospital bed. There was no rhyme or reason for it. It just suddenly came. And within, you know, matter of a couple of days, I couldn't move. And I thought, oh my gosh. you know, finally, when I was laying there, I thought, 
I, I asked for this. Yeah. I asked for this. I, I got the bonus plan, but you know, here I am. Yeah. So it was really in that I knew when I created it, I can change it then. So if I did this by thinking of what I thought, then let me just go the opposite way and let me think differently. And here I am. That's amazing how you're able to recognize that so quickly that you created this reality. Because as we know, whatever a man thinks, so shall he be. Yeah. But it's good that you're able to reflect on that right away so you could start your healing. Many yeah. people talk about visualization. What is your idea of visualization? So we're all on the same page. So for me, it was, um, I had a picture on the wall in front of me of me standing on a mountain, Alta, in Utah, of me skiing. And it was literally probably six months before that. Mm -hmm. And I would just stare at that picture and I, my eyelids would not close. I mean, when you talk paralyzed, I was paralyzed. So my eyes oh my would gosh, roll up wow. into my head. I didn't know it at the time, but I would stare at the picture and then I would, you know, close my eyes and I would see the picture in my mind. And the reason I did that was just to kind of get away. I, I didn't mm -hmm. have much else to do. So it really was to relieve myself of the situation. You know what I mean? To really get out of the bed, so to speak. And I got really good at seeing that picture in my mind. I mean, down to the trees, I could feel, I could feel the sun. I could feel the wind. I could hear people. It became a movie for me. Mm. Probably more real than the room I was laying in. And, and for me, that was, that's my superpower. That's my skill. Yeah. You know, and that's why I love, I love teaching people that because, you know, knowing what we know in science today and, and mind over matter and, you know, we are what we, we think, mm -hmm. then we're kind of writing the page before we live it the next day by the thoughts that we think. So if mm -hmm. we can think the right thoughts instead of how am I going to pay the mortgage this month, then it stands to reason that that life will show up for you. Just like I asked to lay in that bed, I then just decided, okay, I'm just going to change it. I'm just going to, and there was some trust in me. I don't know what it was. Some voice that I, you know, it was like I would listen to it. Like, look, you're okay. You're okay. Just, just keep going. And I just yeah. surrendered to that voice. That is incredible. Now, there are so many things I want to go back and talk about. But before I do, I wanted to ask you to be mobile for so long and then to all of a sudden become paralyzed. What was that like to have that thought say, oh my gosh, I can't move. I can literally not move. I can't imagine the emotions and the mentality that went along with that. Tell us more about that. It was reboot the computer. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. We're just going to, we're just rebooting the computer here. And it was really strange because there was this one night when I woke up and it was honestly like somebody was standing over talking to me and it said, what if your eyes are not looking out into a world you exist in? What if that world is simply just inside you? So if inside, if it's inside you and you're seeing this, hallucination or you know what i mean that this this vision inside your head you think it's really real but 
quantum physics says it's not. And I knew all this, even going in, you know, I knew before all of this. So I knew the power of my thoughts. I read all the books. I, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra, you name it, Tony Robbins. I knew all the teachers. So it really was like, whoa, I mean, I really did this. So in a way, it was kind of like almost a game in a way, a serious game, no doubt, a painful game, no doubt. But I knew somehow it was going to work. I knew I just had to do one thing, put everything to the side and walk. That was it. I just wanted to walk. I just wanted to take steps. I would watch people come in and out of my room, and I would think, what is it that they have that I am now disconnected from that I once possessed? I could do that. I didn't think about it. I would go up, and I would go to, to the freezer. I would pull out ice cream. I would dish it out. I would sit back in my chair, and I would eat it. Now, I would give everything and anything to just get up out of a chair. So what is that? It wasn't Scott. It wasn't this mind that would just keep going. It was something more. It was something more. And I just needed to reconnect to that. That was it. That was really my mindset, James. It was really that simple. So when you first saw the image of you skiing, I'm sure it was a static photo. In other words, it was just you looking at it and there was no movement. But the more you stared at it, then all of a sudden it turned into more of a moving picture where you could see yourself actually doing it in motion. And I'm sure you filled in the blanks to create a fleshed out version of you skiing down that mountain. How did that picture evolve for you? Did you put people in the image of people you knew who could support you? How were you able to do that? Just me. I mean, it was, I I could hear the people. So it was at the top of the mountain, the very top of Alta and famous ski resort in in Utah. And I I could start hearing, I could start hearing the voices of people excited. You know what I mean? So I could really put myself there. And again, you know, I'm, I'm living in a very small room, in a hospital room, very small room. There wasn't much to see besides these pictures that I had on the wall. And it was really to remember who I was, you know, to get back mm-hmm. to that. And so there wasn't a whole lot of distraction where I think in our everyday, we're distracted every millisecond, you know, where this, there really wasn't a whole lot of distraction. So I didn't have much else to do. I really couldn't watch TV because it was extremely uh, blurry and dizzying to me. So it was easier to see the picture for five seconds, close my eyes for a minute. Because when I closed my eyes, I had no dizziness. So I would just pop in, pop out, pop in, pop out, pop in, pop out. And I would do that every day. Wow. So in psychology, when we work with people who have anxiety, we always tell them to go inward. And what that means is this. When you go inward, you use your internal five senses to help calm you down. Your sense of sight, your sense of hearing, your sense of touch, your sense of smell, and of course, your sense of taste. So when you go inward like that, what you're doing is you're grounding yourself so you can manage the anxiety. So I love the fact that you use visualization to do exactly what I'm talking about now. You use your sense of sight. You saw yourself skiing. Then you heard the people. And then you move down to your sense of touch when you could actually feel the skis and feel yourself moving. And of course, the other two senses I'm sure you would use as well. But it's so interesting that Mm -hmm. you were able to do that naturally without realizing that is actually a psychological skill that we teach. So on this side of the mic, I definitely want to endorse what you did because my listeners, you can do the same exact thing. Our internal five senses are so powerful and they can always help us become greater, become better, become healthier 
when we use them appropriately. So additionally, we know about the law of attraction. The law of attraction is essentially with, with quantum physics, whatever sets your mind to, you start to attract that. And of course I said that in a very elementary way. So let me apply that to what you just did. Whatever we think about determines what we feel. What we feel determines how our body responds. You focused on the visualization of you on that mountaintop. And I'm sure when you focused on that, it all of a sudden created a sense of joy, a sense of peace, a sense of contentment, and a sense of excitement because you knew you would be able to do that. And then that started to line up with what your body would do. So that's essentially what you did. You focused on it using a visualization, which then created the emotions. The emotions mm-hmm. were then transformed into kinetic energy, which allowed you to be able to start to move again. Hmm. So that's something Love we that. all can yeah. do. So be mindful. What you think about determines what you feel, determines what the response is. And the more tenacity you have with it, you will be able to accomplish your dreams. Now, going back to you, so you're able to walk again, and then you had another setback. What happened? Uh, Yeah, so I was, um, the weeds came back in the garden. So after I was paralyzed, they came out of it, and I was a new man. I mean, I skied again, I walked again, I did everything. Um, Everything came back. but the mindset didn't change. And, you know, those old habits, they die extremely hard. In fact, they Mm -hmm. just don't die. So um, I needed another event to, it's really how I see it. I needed another event to wake me up. And um, my best friend and I, we were, we were uh, on vacation with our kids, our family, and him and I, and my two children and his, his daughter, all young, we're walking down the beach and the beach collapsed. And we all went in the water except my nine-year-old son. And didn't think I was going to get out. My daughter was on my back and thank God she was because if she wasn't on my back, I would have never made it back. She would have never made it back. His daughter would never made it back. And again, it's by some miracle, my hand hit the sand and I magically appeared back on the shore, exhausted, absolutely spent trying to save our lives. And as I turned over, I watched him drown. I mean, I I literally watched him take his last breath. And it it was so, it's tragic in the moment. it's incredibly tragic that you're watching this thing happen, but you're seeing it through eyes that are so different. You know, you, you hear a people where time stands still. It really did. It really, really stood still. And I just, in, in seeing the tragedy unfold and see the wave come over and, you know, him calling his daughter's name and I was able to get his daughter uh, rescued and, It was this other part, though, that was the beauty in it. And we all think, you know, death is the end. And some people do, you know, think death is the end. But it was more beautiful than just an ending. It really was kind of a a beginning. I felt it. I felt it. So that was the one that I finally, I finally listened. And I went back on that beach the next, you know, few days because his body wasn't recovered for another uh, four days. Oh, I'm so sorry. And I, uh, I made him a promise that I would be great. I would be great. I would live a fulfilled and, and great life. I, I would put all this down as best yeah. as I could. Of course. And I would tell his story 
and I would help whoever I possibly could in in taking this and and not making it a tragedy a tragedy anymore, but to make it something beautiful, you know, something that can help people understand maybe what death is and and mm-hmm. to overcome themselves, to see things differently, to see put things in different perspectives. We we live in a very monotone, you know, very A to A to Z type of life. And there's so much more out there. And I have to thank both of those events, honestly. I mean, that's really what my book is all about. Finding Ugly is about finding him, but I wasn't looking for him. Ultimately, I was looking Mm -hmm. for my own forgiveness for myself. And I think we all need that. We all need to step in into just being selfish, being selfish and loving ourselves and opening, opening up our hearts and, and just becoming great. Just, just living fearlessly and, and, and just, Mm -hmm. you know, moment to moment to moment. I truly appreciate your vulnerability and your transparency here as you tell us this story, because I can't imagine how difficult that is for you. But I can see that you are fulfilling that vow that you made to him by sharing your story. When you reflect on what happened to you, can you realize or recognize how you fell back into the old mindsets that you had perhaps prior to being paralyzed? Because we all do it, but the retrospective clarity that you have now helps you really be mindful of how not to do that again. How did you fall back into those negative patterns? Well, I think, you know, it is the first seven years of our life were a sponge, you know, and I didn't know it. I didn't really think it, to be honest, but my first seven years weren't easy. Um, I lived with an alcoholic mother who um, wasn't always there in the moment. Obviously, she was in, in her own pain. And obviously, when you are living with a person and it's pretty much you and her pretty much all day and you're three years old and you're feeding yourself, you're clothing yourself, I didn't know anything different. So it wasn't hard for me. And in fact, I, I, credit, I credit it to helping me be so self-sufficient and so self-aware. Um, but when you live with a person like that and she walks around all day talking to herself, you can imagine she's not talking great things about herself. So I heard that. And those are the habits. Those are the voices that ring in all of our heads. You know, we, we become our parents. And how, how do we become them? Because we hear them. We, we take in their stuff because they heard it from their parents and they take in that stuff. So it's just this habitual generational dialogue that goes off in our head. And we think it's us. We think this is Scott. This is who Scott is. It's not. Scott was the guy that was laying in that bed, but this other voice, this other thing was what could get me to walk from the chair to the freezer to get the ice cream. And I just got disconnected from that. It was like, you know, some God or which, you know, I believe is in all of us. It's who we are. We are a God. We're just having a human experience. And it was like this God just said, okay, so you're not getting the message. So we're just going to shut you down for a little bit. And then hopefully you will. And hopefully we won't have to do it again. But trust me, if you don't get this message, we will do this again. And I finally got that message. And I knew it's the voice inside my head, this, this mind that just keeps going, saying all the things that we're not, 
all the things that we are and nothing nothing is good <laughs> you know nothing is coming good from it and it's it's becoming literally becoming somebody else and having another voice that says just lies they're just lies just keep going just keep going trust it because it will come and that's really what I do. Yeah. And yeah. you do a great job Is with I that. Just, and once again, in psychology, we actually call those yeah. core beliefs. Core beliefs are those things that we trained ourselves when we were younger to believe. And unfortunately, we believe it today. And what I mean by that is this. Have you ever done something that's really silly or you're embarrassed of or you're ashamed of? And as soon as you do that action, you all of a sudden say something to yourself. For example, you could say, you're so stupid. You're so ugly. You're so dumb. You're so fat. I can't believe you did that. And whatever that phrase is, that's unfortunately what you actually think of yourself when you strip everything away. Core beliefs are usually formed when we're children. And it can either be something that someone told us or something we internalize to be true when something embarrassing or something shameful happened. And so therefore, that's what we told ourselves over and over and over again. And so as adults, if we're not aware of that, we will continue to say the same mantra over and over again because that's what we believe to be true about ourselves. So when you have this awareness that that's not true, you can start to change what your core belief actually is. And it's awesome that you were able to do that by having that voice inspire you to be able to be something greater than you were. And another really cool thing is I always like to tell people that our life events are like jigsaw puzzle pieces. We've all put a puzzle together. And when we look at some of the pieces, we automatically know where they go. We know where the edges go. And so those are easy to assemble. But then there are other pieces that we just don't think really fit and not sure how they will link together to create the picture of the puzzle that we're trying to build. So each event that you experience if we get stuck in what that event is, because mm -hmm. it's simply an event, and if we allow it to define us, then that's what we become. But when you see how all these things are linked together, you can say, oh, now it makes sense. At the time, I didn't like it, would never want to go through it again, didn't agree with it, but now I see how that event links to something more. It links together, for example, that I got more perspective about something, more understanding of who I am to help me grow and develop. And so each event that you have, if you become too focused on that particular event, you'll miss out on the lesson on the other side of it. And so that's something to really be aware of. When you reflect on yourself today, I'm sure there are things you love about yourself today and maybe some things you're still working on, which is normal. But the things you love, more than likely you couldn't have those things that you love about yourself if you didn't experience some of the things you didn't like. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Steve Jobs calls it connecting the dots. And he did a commencement speech, which was absolutely amazing, you know, t telling his story. But, you know, being fired from Apple was the greatest thing that ever happened to him because it was the most creative part of his life, you know. And it is, we just don't know it when we're on the road. We don't know it. And mm -hmm. not until we get to a destination, it's never the final destination because final destination is the, you know, the dreaded dirt nap, you know. <laughs> so you're always on the road. And it's just loving the road and loving the ride and, and just experience, you know, Abraham Hicks, it's contrast, you know, mm -hmm. and you get on top of the wave and then you go down into the bottom of the wave. But when you're at the bottom of the wave, you know that the ride up's coming. So you just got to wait for the ride up because eventually it has to come. You breathe in, you breathe out. It's going to come. You just have to know that and, and, and really hold that in your heart and, that is what helps you. Then you get excited when you're in the pit. Then you're kind of like, oh, something's good coming because I've been in this for a long <laughs> exactly. time. I've been yeah. in two for a long time. So it's coming. <laughs>
<laughs> I love that. Yes, that's very, very true. I know we only have a few more minutes left, but I wanted to ask you real quickly about finding ugly. Transform your worst moment into your greatest gift. So tell us a little bit more about the format of it. Is it a self-help book? Is it a true story? What kind of book is it? Uh, it tells my, my journey and what I learned from it. And it really put everything in perspective of, to, of how these two events, I just reframed them. Everybody would hear it. Oh, that's, that's horrible, you know? But I don't look at it that way. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have become an, a, aware and I would not be living the life that I live now. I wouldn't be doing what I did, what I do now. I would still just be a business owner and a contractor just living that life, which is great. But obviously, I listened to another voice that said there was more. So I, just followed, I just followed the breadcrumbs. And I just took it and, and said, no, it, it happened for a reason. I have to look at that. I have to honor it. And I have to do something about it. Excellent. Well, I highly endorse this book. One more time, Finding Ugly, Transform Your Worst Moment into Your Greatest Gift. Scott Sutherland, if my listeners want to find out more information about you and to purchase this book, where would they find this information online? They can find the book, uh, Finding Ugly, on Amazon. And you can uh, get more information on any of uh, my course. I just um, launched a new course called The Healing Blueprint. And you can find out about that and my journey at my website, which is www.thefreedomproject222.com. And that has all the information on how to uh, contact me. Wonderful. Well, I had such a great time talking with you today, Scott. I truly appreciate that. My listeners also know that if they cannot find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and I will link you all with Scott Sunderland's information. Scott, thank you so much for being an amazing guest on my show today. I truly appreciate all your expertise. Thank you so much, James. I really appreciate it. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.